Okay, Tom, United won, Luton nil. Are we back? We are. We're top of the five-game form table. Wow, really? Yeah, it's four yeah. wins out of five or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah United, top of the league. Wow. There's nothing in that form table that really says quality of performance, though, is there? <laughs> no. I couldn't believe it when I saw that we were top of the five-team form table because it feels like everything completely doom and gloom and you see the performances and even yesterday not particularly amazing but yeah we somehow won four out of five i mean it's gloss over what happened in the champions league in midweek but yeah. yeah i mean if you if that's league only of course but if yeah if you include the champions league united have shipped three three and four in the last six games is it five or six games yeah. During which Harry Maguire's apparently had a renaissance. I'm, I'm a little sceptical about this new narrative. Mm-hmm. He's played all right, but United have shipped three, three, and four in those games as well. So, yeah. <laughs> There's also the fixtures as well. Like, it's fine. It's, and, like, he has been good, but we also just need to take into account we've played Sheffield United and played Luton. We've played a bad Brentford, Crystal yeah. Palace. Like, it's not and like Copenhagen, you should get nowhere near us. Yeah. A- a- Exactly, yeah. So it's not like we've been playing the elite. But yeah, again, he did play well. And and his passing is, was really good yesterday. Like, it was it was a clear style that we wanted to play, a clear pattern of, of play that we wanted yeah. to play, his diagonals to, to Garnacho, especially in the first half. And he played a lovely little pass to, to Rashford, really lovely weighted to Rashford on the right-hand side where um, he played that cross in and got deflected and Hoyland. Uh, yeah. somehow didn't score from a couple of yards out but yeah he was again solid but like i say i don't want to get too carried away and i'm like the media seemed to about oh yeah with ted hogg was wrong about Maguire kind of thing because yeah we have we have been playing weak oh narratives also, isn't it that, that's also the reason why we're top of the form table because we've been playing weakness yeah well, I mean, the thing with Maguire is he's always been a good passer. It's the speed of thought. Obviously, on the defensive side of things, he has a problem with any kind of pace behind him. That wasn't a problem with Luton yesterday. I was actually kind of surprised they didn't play their normal game, which is just a bit more direct, getting it forward early. And they didn't really yeah. do that. And I know United had a lot of possession and that obviously negated their ability to, to do it that often. But I was kind of surprised. And when they did get into forward areas, they took a lot of low XG, low low chance of scoring shots from long range and it was kind of a waste of time for them. So I was a bit mm-hmm. surprised with that. But but Harry's strengths are he does pass it well. It's just he does it a bit slowly. And I think the thing that I assume Ten Hag has been trying to drill into him is not only does he want him playing on the right side to open up different angles for passing, including that diagonal you're talking about, he just wants him to move it quicker. And if he's doing that, that's all good. Because he does, look at all the numbers, his progression via pass and carry is very, very good for a defender. And that's his strength. And we know all about the weaknesses. I guess the other surprising, since we're on defence already, is what's happened to Varane. Two stories mm. here seem to be, one, he doesn't like him on the left. So if Maguire's in and playing well, he doesn't want to play Varane on the left. He wants a left-footed player there so that's why johnny evans is ahead of him there and there's been a couple of stories i don't know how truthful they are that varan has somehow fallen out with ten Hag, and at the same time these links to a move to saudi arabia in january have been servicing i don't know what do you make of that 
I feel like, yes, I, I feel like the narrative of, yeah, we want a left footer playing at the left side of defence is fine until you play Victor Lindelof ahead of him. Because right, that yeah. just... Because there's Lindelof. no way he's a better player on any... No. Like, and no. And it, it's not like, it's not like every single defence, single great defence from history is built on a right footer on one side, a left, left footer on the other side. I mean, look at our best defence that we've ever had when we had... Vidic and, and Rio. Like, yeah. obviously Vidic actually was really good at playing out with his left foot. But I'm, I'm sure Varane is equally capable of, of doing it. And he's a, what, how many Champions Leagues has he won? Three or four? I don't think. Yeah, four? Think Isn't it, it five? I don't think he got so, five because I think because, I don't know, maybe he is five. He I think Casemiro got ones? five, but maybe Varane right. got five as well. Uh, Can't but he, yeah, he's a better defender than Lindsay on the left side. And I think he, he's a better Defender than Johnny Evans on the left side. Uh, I mean, Johnny Evans brings the ball out and progresses it nicely, as he's always done for United. And obviously, got that lovely assist playing a, a diagonal with his left foot to Bruno earlier in the season. But I don't buy it really. I, 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 yeah. And especially yesterday, that almost was like the nail in the coffin for me. Like, Varane has been a disappointment in some respects for United because of how glass uh glass well he's made of glass and i guess we kind of knew that when he was coming in yeah yeah but yeah every time he's played apart from maybe midweek when he did look really quite shaky he's been he's exuded class and he's been our best defender apart from martinez well the little we've seen from i mean he's a classy defender like there's no doubts uh, about that right exactly yeah so like I don't, I just don't understand it. It's not like he can only play right centre back. They're not that much no. different. It's not like you're moving no, the right I, I, centre I do back feel to this right is the, back. It's the dogmatic side of, of Ten Hag, which is a little odd because so many of his principles, I think, during this difficult period, he has kind of abandoned. I mean, United are not playing good football, right? May have won yesterday and may have had 60 something percent possession, but it wasn't good football. And that's not what we expect because his Ajax side did play good football. They progressed the ball through defence to midfield to attack and they played they were a good transition side and a possession dominant side. And they were very, very close to making that Champions League final in 2019. I can't remember now. Something like that. And that's kind of, I think, what we expected at United. And, and we saw progression towards that. And we kept saying last season, Oh, we've seen the signs of his team coming through. We've seen the signs. And then it got a bit difficult and he's chucked it all out the window. All those principles, except apparently he absolutely has to have a left footer on the left side of defence. It doesn't matter if it's 97-year-old Johnny Evans whose last club got relegated. No, don't, no disrespect to Johnny Evans. Great, great bloke and yeah. f- fine player and all that. But he is 35 and was struggling to get in a relegation side, so. Mm. Tells you something. It's anyway. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 there's, there's something going on there, and, and yeah, if we can get some, I mean, morally, it's not particularly amazing to go and uh, just find uh, a resort in Saudi to sell Varane and Casemiro to, but I don't think it's probably the worst decision to make from a a business perspective to sell those two in January looking at them right now. Well, if they, if they allowed to invest some money, yeah. 
So yeah. in, in bringing new players in, for sure, yeah. What did you make of, I mean, I guess the, the, the actual, although we've been talking about the defence here, it was United's attack that was pretty disappointing, really. This, so I saw someone on Twitter say, Anthony Alanga has now got more goals than the entire United forward line <laughs> this season. He has been good. I think just Premier League only, but but still, it just it's not functioning, is it? No, uh, we did miss some really good chances in this. Like, like I said, Hoyland missed a couple of really good chances, but it's still, I would like you say, I was surprised by the way that Luton plays as well. I, I thought they would have been a bit more adventurous and a bit more in our face, and I feel like the last twenty thirty minutes when they did do that after going behind, they actually caused us quite a, a number of yeah. problems. But then in the, in the similar, in the opposite respect to that, I can also understand them why they did what they did because United are so bad against the low block. So they're, they're probably thinking we could come to Old Trafford, sit in our low block, counter them. And they almost did take the lead in the first half, didn't they? With uh, Morris's header, which an honor saved really yeah. well. And I guess their game plan was working so well in that respect. But from a United perspective, it's so bad that we can't break down these low blocks. And it, it, it's just, it just feels like a lack of ideas, like the and and which comes straight from the manager and comes from the 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 way that he sets us sets us out the training pitch. What what is happening on the training pitch? Because it feels like we get to, as soon as we get to that edge of the area, we play a pass inside, and then the person whoever it is, Bruno Rashford, Garnacho, they have a shot immediately. How often do we like? How how often do United try and? Get to, when they get to that edge of the box, play a little slip through to to Garnacho to a runner in behind. Find an overload. Feel, yeah, it feels it feels so rare. But also, when you look at it, it feels like there's no gaps, and that's that comes from completely a lack of of positional structure from from Ten Hag. Because when City play, the players are. Guardiola is obviously very dogmatic in the way that he likes to play because the players are very fixed in their positions. It's very much almost like American football, the way that they kind of run their routes. But United, they, we don't have that fixed position in and players are kind of running everywhere. And when you get that ball to the edge of the box, the Luton, for example, yesterday, they closed all the gaps. So it's hard to actually play the runner in behind. It's hard to get that overload because there's no spaces yeah. to play those passes. Well, so it gets to the edge of the box and then Rashford has a shot or Bruno gets a, has yeah. a shot and it gets blocked or it goes over. or That's kind of what we're already all, all resorted to. Or the odd cross that goes in behind, like the one where I, I spoke about where Maguire played the pass in, behi- in behind for Rashford. But that, yeah. kind, that kind of was a turnover. Well, it was a turnover in play. It wasn't us building it was us turning it over Maguire playing a boy in behind and us getting in behind for what, what I think maybe the first time in the game it's it it's yeah. all comes from Ten Hag's what well, what's happening on the training ground which seems to be nil in regards yeah, to that well I mean I'm sure they're working on some stuff it's just it's hard to see on the pitch isn't yeah, it, it is. I do think United suffer for lack of fullbacks I mean I know Reguilon mm-hmm. is 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 all right going forward he 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 is not overlapping Garnacho and finding the space. So, like, I, I feel like United have one option all the time in wide areas, and that's part of the problem. So every single wide player we've got wants to come inside. Garnacho, Rashford, Anthony, Sancho, if he was available, which he's not, you know, RIP, 
they all want to come inside, which means that if you want any width, if you don't want to struggle against a narrow low block like Gluten's, you have to have width from the fullbacks. Or one of the midfielders pulling wide, which doesn't happen either. Uh, and it does, uh, although I'm sure there is something happening uh, on the training pitch that we don't see, it, it doesn't feel like it's translating into options. Rarely are we seeing uh, those wide players, the wide fullbacks, like offering additional options. And and I know that's because of the, the profile of fullbacks we've got. But we had options. We've just signed DeLow onto a new five-year contract. He's not suddenly going to change. And we've got Wampazaka. They apparently are going to offer another contract too. So that's us with those two for the next five years. Luke Shaw has historically always had injury problems. Malassi, we've seen he's not that overlapping fullback. He's actually one who wants to tuck inside. So anyway, I, I don't know. I think that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And then obviously all the forwards are out of form or, or not, just not. It's, not. it's not happening for Rashford. Garnacho. I mean, he's bright in spots, wasn't he, yesterday? Yeah. But then the final product wasn't what we wanted it to be. Great cut inside and shot early in the game. Shot over. Could, should have done better, I think, than that. Hoyland's just not getting the chances, really, although he had two, the header, and then another one yesterday where there were decent chances. I think the first one was 0.24 XG, so not a gimme, but a good chance. Um, and, And it's a challenge. Uh, it's definitely a challenge when Ten Hag wants to pull him off at 60 or 75 minutes and the option is Anthony Martial, for fuck's sake. So yeah, definitely problems in the forward areas there. And then I was looking at Mark Stats on Twitter does a really detailed breakdown of all the data, including expected threat from passing. And it's like 90% of it is Bruno. So he's our only creative outlet. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say that. Go look at, go, go look at it. He does the bar chart, and it's just almost all Bruno expected threat from passing. So, and he's and that's all hail Marys as well with Bruno. That's just the player he is. Yeah, that so, that, that doesn't yeah. even surprise me, though it is shocking. It's also not that surprising because you just think to, to yeah, the other players that we have there. I mean, there's just no one who who does it like Ericsson can and, and mount can but you look at the others and there's very little even potential from from those guys i feel i feel for hoyland as well like you say he missed a couple of chances and he keeps getting dragged off at 60 minutes but i feel like this is the problem that kind of we we spoke about uh in, in pre-season when we signed him was there's going to be so much reliance on him it, he can't he can't share the burden with another striker he he can't kind of bed his way into the premier league he can't take a game off or anything like that because he has to be our main man immediately and yeah. whereas like I feel like there's so many bright spots with him and I'm, I'm sure he'll come good I, I feel really confident in that and I don't feel that confident in, in many of our signings but I feel he's got the personality he's got the hunger he's got the ability he's got I, f- I feel like he's got everything to to be a United striker it's just at the moment it, yeah it's just not coming off for him and, and like you say there aren't enough chances for him but then the, the chances that he does have just not seem to be going in at the moment. I feel like, and, and I feel like it's a bit the same for Rashford. Rashford got so much heat yesterday on in certain Twitter circles. And I saw one if like some idiot had made a compilation of his worst touches from the game. And it's got, oh. like, got 
got like Fuck thousands, those people. thousands of retweets and, and likes and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and people just piling onto him every game. But I actually thought he did all right yesterday. Like, there was... There's some, what what some... people who do that trying to achieve? I, I never really understood this. Like, uh, I, I'm going to spend probably hours <laughs> taking clips. On a Saturday? Uh, what? On a Saturday evening? You haven't got anything better to do, right? right. Like... Of every mistake a player has made, did he do a clip of all the thirty goals Russia scored last season? Because we know what he's capable of. He's yeah. clearly going through a, a difficult patch on the pitch in terms of his form. Ten Hag spoke about it before the game. He also said, "I know Rashford's working really hard," right? and and we know Ten Hag puts a lot of store by your training performances. Yeah, right. So and I thought he I did it's not lack well. of effort. And I thought he did. So. I thought he worked really hard yesterday, getting back in defence at times. Like yeah. he had a couple of really powerful shots that he had which was saved well on another day a goalkeeper especially with the way that Rashford hits the ball and it dips like it could have easily gone under his hand and gone in I think with both chances that I, th- I think in my head he could have maybe whipped them into one of the corners and he's maybe hit them a bit too centrally but that I that think that's just a sign of a, a, an unconfident player where he kind of just hitting it to get it on target but another day those two go in and then he also makes the goal. Like the way that he hits that cross in, like not many, well, I don't think, and maybe anyone in our team apart from Fernandez who can hit a ball like that, it caused so much chaos. Like he, he causes, he, and he, yeah, put one on a dime for Hoyland, albeit with a deflection. But the way that he hits the ball and the way that he causes so much mayhem, I feel like just goes completely under the radar because we know how good he can be. But still, even if he's not, playing at his absolute best he's still one of our best players and i don't i think yeah. like one of the the things that people get on at him all the time is 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 his body language my dad is also the same as that like my dad's a big united fan um maybe an angrier united fan than me and he's he's not an online person either so he doesn't get his he doesn't see this like body lang- like the rashford hate online so he's not like he's swayed by that but my dad hates his body language and my dad really gets on Rashford all the time. And we have a lot of arguments about that. But like, I, and I can kind of understand it because at times he does yeah, kind of have his head down and his shoulders are slumped and, and all that kind of thing. But to me, that, that's more a sign of a player lacking belief, lacking confidence rather than a player who's who's like, oh, I can't be arsed this week or whatever. Because I feel like he really I, I, can I, be. I just don't believe it either. No. <laughs> like, you can you can look at the running stats. I think he he's he's doing all right. I mean, Bruno's obviously top of that all the time. Not every single game Bruno is. But I don't, I don't think it's lack of effort from Rashford. I, I never really understood the body language thing. And with Martial in particular, I started to think that there was like like some darker tones to it mm-hmm. as well. Some kind of expectation of something. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure I like this. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm not saying your dad's a racist, by the way. Well, he is. The but... case. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Was he, was he, uh, you got it right. Joined, uh... <laughs> I, I mean, not listening, was, he, was he down at the cenotaph protecting Blighty yesterday? <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, God. That would have been a former him. Maybe I think he slightly reformed, but. Is he, is he reformed? Yeah, good, good. Reforming, right. reforming, maybe. Yeah. All right. All right, Tommy. That's what, that's who, well, you didn't name me after him. I you guess. you got to laugh at it just, just to be clear. Cause sometimes I get some messages going, oh, yeah. it's gallows humor. You sometimes got to laugh at this 
the darkest side of humanity. But anyway, yes, I don't think the I really don't think the body language thing really adds up to much to me. He, he's working hard. He's clearly he's not informed. I do wonder whether there's something else because in the two seasons prior to last season, he had children foot in, injuries that weren't always really clear. A bit like when Harry Maguire in, what was it, his second season with United had that hip problem all year and I was taking painkilling injections and that all kind of came out afterwards and we were all like, hmm, why is he playing so bad? And I wonder whether there's something else going on with Rashford that we don't know about. I'm not saying I, it's definitely true, but his form slumps when he's yeah. playing injured and so I wonder whether there's something there. I think there's always uh, a problem find out later. as well with someone like him. Because he is probably our second best player behind Bruno, that we can't, when we're playing badly and because our squad is so weak and uh, shallow, we can't take him out of the firing line. We, we have to play him every single game because we need him. And like Garnacho is a, is a good option on, on the left, but he's not, he's not Marcus Rashford and he's not playing in, he's not in any form himself. Anthony, obviously. Is not Marcus Rashford. So, if if this was City, for example, if Rashford was at City and he wasn't playing that well, you bring in Jeremy Doku, you playing, you bring in Jack Grealish, you bring in Phil Foden, you bring in Bernardo Silva, you bring in loads of other players who are equally as good. Whereas when yeah. I think Rashford suffers from the fact that he is so good, and when that 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 percentage dips a little bit, it's more noticeable than when. Garnacho's dips a little bit yeah. because he's he's coming from a height and and he is one of our best players and the consistency I guess maybe is frustrating that it's not there with Rashford but I mean we're still getting a lot from him and 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 yeah it's, I think the fact that we haven't got that depth is 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 to his detriment because if he was like I say if he was yeah, a, better, yeah. a better a better around the club then he'd be a firing probably every single week or if he's not then he can come off the bench and fire and bring back confidence that way well exactly i mean city started with jack Grealish on the bench today 100 million pound player and because they can rotate and bring in equal quality i mean lost mares and sold um uh carlton palmer cole palmer not carlton palmer that's a, <laughs> like you know, my, as I was saying that, my brain was going. I know this is not correct. <laughs> I know it's not correct. Cole Palmer, Carlton Palmer, kind of hard to mix them up. But yeah, anyway. Um, so he sold two very high quality players, and you don't even notice it because they brought in Doku, who just looks absolutely outstanding. Mm. I wouldn't trust United to pick that player. I mean, what do they spend on Doku? Sixty million, something like that. Yeah. And yeah, United spent more on Sancho and Anthony. Mm. I mean, I'm being trite, but you could if you could have Sancho and Anthony in the team or just Jeremy Doku playing like he is now, which would you pick? Because I think you'd get more output while having 10 players from... Yeah, and it's just a... It's a, <laughs> wow, it's a total combination of United's transfer policy. We get it wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. So many players uh, at ridiculous fees and it then restricts... And it, the reason why... United had to get Ericsson on a free and Amrabat on loan and Sabitzer on loan and Val Vekhorst on loan uh, and Reguilon on loan. Maybe that's more emergency, but it's because we've overspent on other players who've turned out to be not nearly as good as we hoped and we ran out of money. Yeah. 
it's their own, own bloody fault. Like, it's billion, billion pounds in the last 10 years. Some more than that, isn't it? And got less than fuck all to show for it. Mm-hmm. And you can't blame that. You can blame it on the Glazers because it's poor management, but you can't blame it on them, them somehow being stingy. The club is spending its own money, and if it was competent, we would have alternatives to Mark Rashford. Yeah. And, and the problem so. is that it's not, it's not always the kind of the same type of bad signing as well. Like sometimes we sign a player like Casemiro, who we, we, I think we all said at the time, he's going to be good short term and not good long term. We signed a player like Sancho, who is great at Dortmund, but is a system player. We signed a player like Anthony, who we were all like, is he that good? Like, we're, fa- we're failing in so many different departments with us. It's not just like one. I mean, it'd be nice if it was just one way, like we were just failing, but we're failing every- in everything. And me at school. Oh, uh, dear. Wow. Yeah, I did win, by the way. I mean, I made all the doom. But yes. yeah, I mean, you're totally right. The 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 transfer policy and the ability to get the right players and to support the managers has been a systemic failure for 10 years probably more because before that it was all masked by Fergus genius and it's yeah uh, let's let's hope we're told over the international break that the 25% deal for whether Ratcliffe is buying some mix of the public and the glazer share comes will be done and completed and perhaps we'll get to find out a little bit more about what this new sporting structure looks like and if it means that Arnold is fired and Murtar is fired neither of them could complain honestly I mean maybe Arnold could complain because record revenues etc and so on but Murtar couldn't I mean he's had a couple of years in this job he failed upwards there's a Good piece by good piece in the athletic again, looking at him and some of the structures around the club. Apparently he's liked within the club. That means absolutely nothing to me because like look at all the executives <laughs> who've been liked by those that hold the power at United. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't think you can complain if he goes. It may well be better for it. Yeah, and we've got to say we've got to hire someone with a track record this time as well, not someone who's never had a similar type of role before at a massive club. Like we've got to sign someone with a track record, and I'm sure that that's what Ratcliffe will end up doing. Because someone should have said to Ten Hag when he insisted on getting and Ant- wanting Anthony, "Hang on a minute, this fella hasn't even really produced anything in terms of output in the Dutch league, mm-hmm. and it's a big jump." Are we sure? Are you really, really sure? Yeah. So yeah, we're someone, someone, and it's okay saying we're supporting the manager, but if you're going to jump from manager to manager, which is what this club does, then then we're failing the club by supporting the manager. Yeah. Nine defeats in eighteen games, so we lose fifty percent of our games, and this season, if that continues through to the spring, Ten Hag's gone, hundred percent. And I'm not saying I want him gone, but he will be gone. Uh, and and so, like the club, then having brought in all these players that he wanted, what if the next dude doesn't want them? Yes. Yeah. Like, so it's something like the Mount the Mount signing is one of the, the most peculiar as well because like Mount's coming on again yesterday for Ericsson playing beside McTominay in that in that midfield, and he did okay, didn't he? He, he did okay, but again, it's just it's just this the just such a 
prime example of, of the the weird transfer policy at United. Like his his whole the whole mount thing, like like the way that he's not even playing, he's not even starting, like in a midfield which is really poor. And 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 again yesterday you think, oh, it's a great chance to start Mount and and maybe build up a little bit of confidence against the poor team, but I guess we need to win so badly. Yeah. And we need to win so badly. And and Ten Hag's thought in that moment is that Mount isn't the right player at the moment we, when we need desperately to win. And which is really quite a bad indictment of that signing when the midfield is so bad, when McTominay's starting a player who he tried to ship off in the summer, who tried desperately to ship off in the summer, and we all know yep. isn't good enough to start for Man United every single week. Yep. And our star signing from the summer isn't even starting ahead of I, I mean, it's, yeah, I can't explain it. I feel like I'm saying the same thing every week. We had a review on Apple uh, Apple Podcast Review saying, these guys say the same thing every week, basically. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we probably do, because it's so bloody obvious, isn't it? It's such a... I think when Matt came in, we were like, okay, well, he's not going to supplant Bruno in the side. We've got a £100 million right winger and, and an £80 million backup right winger who really wants to play on the left. So where is Mount going to play? Well, he's going to have to play at eight because he's got more of an engine on him than Christian Eriksen. He's not quite as creative, but he's a decent passer. Clearly, after uh, what three months of the season, Ten Hag has already decided that Mount can't play at eight. So now we have a £60 million backup to Bruno. Or may- maybe he will play at eight. I mean, that's where he came on yesterday. But it doesn't appear to be where Ten Hag believes him or wants him to play or trusts him. Such an odd use of money. We did, we did, by the way, we did need a central midfielder. It just doesn't appear to be the right one. And Amrabat is already not in the team. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and we've seen in the few games he's had his limits, and there are significant ones. And uh, like none of it actually surprises me. Because you know what? There's a lot of football on TV these days, and you can watch these players. But, yeah. I feel like uh, I, oh man. I feel like I've been like gaslit by United's transfer policy at times because like there's there's players we spoke about it a lot. Like w- when Mount signed, we didn't think he was the right signing. When Amrabat signed, we didn't think he was the right signing. And um, when Anthony signed last summer, we 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 kind of said the same things that kind of came into true. But at the time, I was always doubting myself. I was like, oh, surely Ten Hag knows better than me, or surely the the scouting system that we have at United, the scouting network that's at United, know better than me. And then I'm not saying that I'm like an oracle or anything like that, but I'm sure most people listening to this show had the same doubts about these players that we did. But I just don't understand how people can't, the people running this football club can't see those types of things. It's just, it's baffling to me. That's why I feel, that's why I say I feel like gaslit because it's like, so you surely must know this. Like, it's so baffling to me. <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm gaslit by the United Twitter account all the time. Because <laughs> if you were to follow that, you'd think this was a performance for the ages yesterday. Mm-hmm. And and, yeah. and and the the the, the, uh, the funny thing is about that Apple Apple review is that it does feel like we do this a lot with United wins. Like that when we beat Brentford two one, and when we beat. I remember the teams at Sheffield United and when we beat Luton like this time, we should, I guess, 
in a, an alternate universe be really happy that we've won football matches, especially when we've lost 50% of them this year. There's been very few yep. to actually celebrate. But every single win shines forth this glaring systemic problem at United. And, and, and yesterday was another screaming example of that, that we have so much possession, we have so much territory, but we don't create enough chances against the team, which is, which is a championship level football club, like uh, football team. For sure. Yeah. For and sure. they, they accept it, don't they, Luton? And mm. I think that's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. A bit like Huddersfield a, a few years it's ago. To be they, admired, they, they haven't yeah. invested to, to when they came up because they kind of knew, oh, we'll give it a shot, but we don't want to extend ourselves and, and we'll take the parachute money next year and we'll take the money that we get from being in the Premier League. United should be beating these teams comfortably after creating numerous chances. We should be dominating the game. We shouldn't be conceding chances at 0-0, which could send us 1-0 down at half-time. Like that's, that's, I guess, why we keep talking like this and we don't, like that we are a little bit negative after wins because it doesn't feel, almost doesn't feel like this season we've had a positive win. The 2-1 the, the over Brentford felt like, in the moment, it felt so positive. It felt euphoric. Like, obviously, to win a football match like that feels amazing. Yeah. But, again, there's so many problems that lead around there. And we, we there hasn't, I can't think of, unless you can think of one off the top of your head, I can't think of a win this season, whereas I've actually been like, oh, yeah, this is a sign of, this is, we're, we're back, baby. United are back, as Rio Ferdinand would say. No, there's been moments, but not many. And Crystal Palace, but Palace did not put a full team out. So I, I think we'd be gaslighting ourselves if we were like, yeah, we smashed them. Yeah. So no, it's, 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 that's one of the shocking things, isn't it? Just how the progress that we saw this season has all fallen apart. And, and yeah, we can blame injuries, but I, I, I again, just wonder where those injuries, the blame lies for those injuries. Cause I, I, I suspect. It's to do with the intensity levels that Ten Hag is demanding in training mm. and, and maybe they're overworked. Given the amount of muscle injuries, and we got to talk about it yesterday, right? Looked like a hamstring problem for potentially for Hoyland, right? Mm. He was grabbing the back of his his leg, muscle injury for Ericsson. Like most of them are not impact injuries. And yeah, that there's a problem there. Mm -hmm. If if they're not, it it's like one or two, unlucky. Twelve, there's a pattern. And yeah, and other people have said it as well. have had like noises from, I think James Rhodes over at United Muppeteers has said this a few times as well. He's heard from people that are saying that perhaps it's overloading the players in training. So I would not be surprised if this all comes out in detail at some point. Mm. That this is exactly what's happening. Happened for Klopp in his second season. Yeah. A mega amount of injuries until the players adjusted and he adjusted. Yeah, given the intensity levels both of the games in the Premier League and then midweek in the Champions League and hard training sessions in between, it's yeah, might be too much. Mm -hmm. Makes sense, doesn't it? But like, like I said when we were speaking about this briefly last time, if if the intensity at training is is, is yeah is super intense, why can't you have the feel? Why go easy? Well, that's the true. Okay, maybe that knackered comes yeah. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. One of the other reviews. And by the way, I'm not obsessing over these reviews. Uh, you guys, you can say whatever you like. Doesn't matter. The algo doesn't take account of it. So you can call us whatever names you like. 
just hit five stars because <laughs> it helps other people find it. Please, in fact, do it right now. I, I really call for reviews, but everyone listening to this, that's quite a few thousand of you, go onto Apple Reviews, write a review. Another one, call this two old boomers shouting at clouds, which boomer. Oh my. I have to say, I quite enjoyed it. Bit, bit, bit unfair on you. It, to be fair, it might not have been, I don't think he referenced you by name. So it might have been, Dan is also, Dan and Wayne are also in their 40s. It, it, uh, you are not. I was so, going to say, it, it would have been unfair. Me, that is you. the worst insult I've had since a couple of weeks ago. I called Callum the Dragon while I was playing football, which, well, that, I mean, that Callum the Dragon might not. Well, if you're a boomer, you probably don't know who Callum the Dragon is. He's like this TikTok guy from. I'm shaking my head here. I don't. He's a TikTok guy from Nottingham who is like the worst goalkeeper I've ever seen. And I was playing a goal a couple of weeks ago. So I'll call me that. But a boomer is, is yeah, very close second. Jesus. Man. I'm not a boomer. How old do you have to be to be a boomer? <laughs> I'm, I'm only actually. 60. I'm, no, boomers have to, in that period after the war, yeah. right? So it's like 45 to 1960s sort of thing. That's yeah, boomers. my parents are boomers. And then it's Gen X. I'm only a couple of years off being a millennial, oh, actually. Wow. I'll have you know people, <laughs> so, <laughs> depending on how you define it. Uh, well, mm. young at heart, folks. Yeah. And it didn't feel like that yesterday. I, I did some DIY in the house, going off on a tangent here, and managed to fall down the stairs. So, oh, I, wow. yeah, I know. Uh, luckily, I do not break anything i just you can't see it but i've sliced the skin off my arm another united injury eh? unpleasant yeah but it's a very old person thing to do i've had a fall <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah at least it was an impact injury rather than a muscle injury so well exactly i don't get muscle injuries see there you go <laughs> maybe we should yeah <laughs> that's because i'm not training hard say, enough, is, it, is, it, is it your training regime or the lack of training regime well, no, I have a gym in the house. So when we moved into this place, I built a gym. And so I'm in there quite often. Nice. I, I got Peloton and weights and other stuff. And my target is top 5% on anything. Cool. So there you go. Imagine if United yeah. could be top 5% of anything. Uh, it would be good, wouldn't it? That, that, that'd be like second in the Premier League. Don't think that's going to happen this year. <laughs> Unlikely. No, sadly. I mean, we need results to go our way, don't we? As well as a major pickup in our form. Because uh, what have we got? I'm just looking at the table here. 21 points up to 12 games. That is that's going to be what mid-60s if we carry this form that will not get United into the Champions League. So, But but we, if you look at the other teams, lot though, like, this, it's hilarious that we're above Newcastle. It's all that praise that that club gets. I mean, they obviously get a lot of a lot of hate, and, and quite rightly so, and, and a lot of the media do pick up on them, but so much of the media just absolutely lavish praise on Eddie Howe, and it drives me nuts. But, but yeah. and that, but all, feel, all their smart signings and all the work they're doing on the training ground. Yeah. Oh, he's getting all the players to listen to the High Performance Podcast with Jay Comfrey. Like, sounds like the worst idea in the world. And I, I mean... They they probably play that to political dissidents in Saudi, don't they? You know, <laughs> confess your sins or we'll make you listen to Jake Humphrey. Oh no, <laughs> I'd confess it to anything rather than have to listen to that. Absolute, what's it? <laughs> um, but then I think I feel like Tottenham. I feel like Tottenham are going to be found out. I feel like 
love Ange as a bloke. Seems like a great guy, but I feel like people are eulogizing about him way too much at the moment. Like, I, I do like he he completely falls into the Aussie stereotype of saying mate every second yeah, word. And then people fall as well, like yeah. ooh, swooning for him. Oh, look at him. Look at him playing such a high line against Chelsea. And we could have lost about 10 1, but he did such a great job. And and I, f- I feel like without Madison. I, I mean, they didn't lose 10 1, by the way, in that game because it took Chelsea way too long yeah. to work out they just need a third man. <laughs> no, it's actually, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and, and they have to really put it on a plate for Jackson to actually score a goal because anything further than five yards out, and then it, it blazes it over the bar. But without Madison, I think, I think Tottenham will struggle a little bit. And I, like I said, I think they will be found out a little bit. I think once that new manager bounce, I feel that they have got at the moment starts to dissipate and th- their belief goes, I think they will drop down. I think. Yeah. And they don't have the squad. No, to, I think there's yeah, a potential yeah. that we could finish above them. Yeah. I think that we obviously could finish above Newcastle. We're above them already and we're playing terribly. So I think top four is definitely an opportunity. I, think, I feel like City, Arsenal and Liverpool are going to be the ones to be in there and and fourth place is going to be up for grabs, but there's definitely a chance we could get yeah, top yeah. four, even playing in a bad season because the 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 lack the competition isn't isn't that great. Like I think even Villa had potential to get that. Chelsea, you never know if they start to pick up because um, they are. Doesn't look like they're doing. As we speak, they are drawing with City. I doubt have my doubts over that, but like, yeah, the top four is definitely potential. Yeah. Uh, I, I funny thing is uh, at the beginning of the season, I thought you might, you know, I might slip back, and it would be even though the team might progress. You obviously think, well, we made a few signings, we should progress. We got the number nine we wanted. Uh, I figured the the additional competition this year. I was, yeah, I am not surprised Liverpool are doing well. They made some good signings. They had, uh, they made some good signings prior to that in forward lines, and they just had to come good. But they made signs they needed to do in midfield, and and they are looking much more like a Klopp side now. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's sounding like I'm praising Liverpool too much because I really don't want to do that. Klopp kind of knows what he's doing, yeah, doesn't he? Does, he? Yeah, sadly. So, yeah. All right. Well, that was 45 minutes of getting some stuff off her chest, <laughs> wasn't it? No, no game to preview. So we've got international break coming up. Uh, I don't know whether that's good or bad for United. I mean, uh, I'm hoping it would be nice if a few United players found some mystery injuries and had a little bit of a yeah. break. Uh, but um, I mean, obviously, Ericsson and Hoyland look like they're out. I presume. I, d- I don't think we've had word on like how serious either of those injuries are. Hopefully, not. not seen it yet, no. no, they tend to keep it close. Ten Hag likes to keep it close to his mm-hmm. chest, doesn't he? On yeah. what exactly is the nature of an injury? Uh, so yeah. And uh, a couple of weeks' time, obviously, Shaw is two weeks closer to being fit again. Hopefully. I guess, well, they're all. Shaw, Malassia, Martinez, Casemiro, all an extra two weeks. I don't think we'll see any of them before the new year, no, right? So. That's that's what they're saying. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, I guess. Backers, patreon.com forward slash NQATpod if you'd like to back us. If you just like what we do, it's a pound. If you want to have the extra show, I think it's four. It's tra- it's 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 forex, so you know it's five dollars, four pounds, and there's merch for anyone else. We have a store, nqatpod.com forward slash merch. If you want to get mugs and t-shirts and some other stuff, 
if you fancy it. No pressure, folks. Thanks a lot. Bye now. And.